Imagine this. It is a dark night in Belize. The air is heavy with humidity and smells like the coming rain. The wind in the trees and the calls of animals hidden in the bush weave a tapestry of night sounds. A man stumbles out of the front opening of a low-slung, thatched roof house where he has been drinking with his compatriots, knowing the whole time that his wife is waiting for him in their hut across the river. He heads in that direction but steps off the road in order to relieve himself. He realizes that his head is swimming, and in his disorientation he stumbles further into the dark jungle surrounding him and becomes momentarily lost. His heart begins to hammer as his unease grows. His foot falls frantic as he searches again for the familiar road out of town he was just on. But then, like a vision from the gods, a woman stands before him, glowing in the moonlight. She is beautiful, more alluring than any woman he has ever seen before, and the man unintentionally groans out loud with longing. She is wearing a white dress, perfectly clean, and her thick black hair falls like a waterfall across her shoulders to the backs of her slender knees, framing an exquisitely shaped face with high cheekbones and a delicate chin. Her dark eyes burn holes in him from the darkness. She beckons to him, and he walks towards her, not caring where his feet fall as he goes, his wife the furthest thing from his mind at that moment. But every step he takes toward her, she seems to retreat into the jungle, always remaining just out of reach. His anger flares for a moment, furious that this woman would tease him like this. But oh, how can a man stay mad at such beauty? As her eyes fill him with desire, he knows then that he belongs to her, that her gaze has pierced him and claimed him as her own, and he would follow her until his feet fell off and his heart gave out. And even then his spirit would wander the forests, looking for her and looking for her. It is two days before one of the villagers happens across the man's body. At first, he looks like he is simply leaning against the trunk of a great Siba tree, a slight smile playing across his lips. But as the villager approaches, calling out the man's name, he sees the insects swarming on him, crawling in and out of the holes in his face, carrying him away one tiny piece at a time. In his chest is a ragged hole where his heart should be. The villager recoils in shock, and his eyes instinctually dart across the jungle, looking for what he knows is hiding out there. The woman. The evil spirit that takes men away. The Ishtabai. Ooh! Hello and welcome to a spooky episode of Radio Duende with your host, Kian Eggett. Camille's out of town right now. She's up in San Francisco making that moolah. I thought I'd take this opportunity to tell the audience about the legend of the Ishtabai. Ishtabai, spelled X-T-A-B-A-Y, is a well-known myth in the Yucatan Peninsula, dating back to the early days of the Mayans. When told to children as a scary bedtime story, it is simply to keep them from going near the jungle at night, similar to La Llorona, or Tara Duende. To young adults, it is a cautionary tale warning of the dangers of infidelity and sexual desire. Good men don't stray far from their wives, and good women don't go seducing strange men. But to the early Mayans, the seed of this legend is a tale of two very different women 
and a story about the meaning of virtue and the importance of community. According to the Mayan myth, two equally beautiful women, Ishkaben and Utskalel, lived in a pueblo in the Yucatan Peninsula. In some retellings, the women are said to be sisters, in others they are rivals. Ishkaben gained a bad reputation in the village and was treated poorly by her community for her promiscuous behavior, while Utskolel was considered virtuous for remaining celibate. The people of the village planned to exile Ishkaben, but they decided to allow her to remain in order to further humiliate her. But despite her ill treatment, Ishkaben tended to the poor, sick, and animals in need, seemingly finding the sense of community she wasn't getting from the other townsfolk by creating her own. In contrast to Ishkaben, Utskalel was cold-hearted and believed she was superior to those around her, especially those below her in a social sense. Regardless, the townspeople admired Utskalel because of her purity and overlooked her cruelty. Eventually, Ishkaben grew sick, and several days after her death, the townspeople discovered her body, guarded by animals and surrounded by fragrant flowers. The homeless and poor, whom Ishkaben had helped during her life, held a funeral for her, and soon afterward, a mysterious, sweet-smelling flower grew around her grave, for Ishkaben had transformed into the species of morning glory called, in the Maya language, Ishtabentun, a lax, clambering vine that sprawls through hedges, scenting the air with its festoons of delicate white trumpets, and it is said that the reason that it seeks such shelter is that it is defenseless, it has no thorns, just as Ishkaban had felt defenseless when she was human. This flower is also known for its psychoactive seeds, which are still used today to induce healing trances in curing rituals performed by the Zapotec, an indigenous people of Mexico. When Utskalel heard of this strange miracle, she haughtily believed that her dead body would smell better than Ishkaben's because of her purity. However, when she died, her dead body had an unbearable smell. The entire Pueblo gathered for her funeral, and they put flowers around her grave to cover the bad smell. But the flowers all disappeared the next day. Utskalel transformed as well, but into the foul-smelling flower of the Tsakam cactus. In death, Utskalel was outraged and prayed to evil spirits to fulfill her desire to become a woman again, so that she too might become a beautiful flower in death. But incapable of love and motivated only by jealousy and rage, she became instead the demon Ishtabai, outwardly a beautiful woman, but inwardly cruel and predatory of heart. Ishtabai is said to wear a white dress and to have large black eyes and long black hair down to her ankles, which she uses to attract men who are out late at night. She waits behind a Siba tree, a sacred tree in Maya culture which is said to connect heaven to the earth, and is said to comb her hair with the spines of the Tsakam cactus. She lures men deep into the forest, making them lost and disoriented before having sex with them. Once they have had sex, Ishtabai transforms into a poisonous serpent and devours them. In other versions of the myth, the Ishtabai can appear in any form or sex she chooses in order to lure a person to their doom. Ishtabai will lie in wait under a tree to seduce her victim before throwing them over a cliff and finally ripping out their heart. 
The story of the Ishtabai has been passed down orally from generation to generation for hundreds of years. She has been written about by poets and authors and sung about in song. The incomparable Peruvian singer Ima Sumac recounts the tale in her album Voice of the Ishtabai. And in more modern times, director Yulene Olaizola made a movie named Selva Trajica, or Tragic Jungle, which can be viewed on Netflix. The 2020 movie Selva Trajica was a slow-paced and atmospheric retelling of the Ishtabai legend from a more human starting point. I wish there had been more of the supernatural in it, but I think as a metaphor it worked well, and the depiction of the chicleros and the gum harvesting industry was fascinating. Knowing the Mayan roots of the legend involving Ishkaben and Utskolel really helped set the scene for this rendition. During my last visit to Belize, I was fortunate enough to speak with a boy who lived in the village of Santa Familia, along the Belize River, who told me his account of seeing the Ishtabai walking along the banks of the river, a place most people will not go for fear of the crocodile-infested waters. Who is to say if this boy saw the feared spirit or not? But it was enough of a scare for him to stay well away from that place, at least until I asked him to take me there to see it. Unfortunately, I saw neither the Ishtabai nor any crocodiles, much to my dismay. That isn't to say that she's not out there, watching and waiting for you to let your guard down so she can use her undeniable charm to lure you deep into the jungle alone, where she can take her revenge against the world that taught her to hate. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Radio Duende. I've been your host, Kian Eggett. Thank you for listening, and come back next time for some other exciting stories about Belize, the legends therein, the realities of the jungle, the truth hidden in the depths of that green hell. Also, maybe some more news about worms and uh, <laughs> some of the other fun things we got going on. Uh, we still have t-shirts for sale. If you're interested, please check out our Instagram at Radio Duende. Thanks for listening. Stay spooky. <laughs>